From an Iraq war cover-up to towns ravaged by opioids to the roots of our modern immigration crisis, Embedded explores what's been sealed off and undisclosed. NPR's original investigative podcast reveals why these stories and the people behind them matter. Listen to the Embedded podcast only from NPR. What's up, y'all? This is the first episode of Democracy Vibe Check, your guide to civic season, a new American tradition uniting Juneteenth and July 4th. I'm one of your hosts, Maggie Bell, and I am joined with my two wonderful co-hosts here, Gabriel Cruz and Cameron Katz. How are y'all doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? Hello. How's everybody doing? Yes. So let's talk a little bit about civic season. Like, what is it? What are we doing here? Okay, I can take that one. So civic season is a new American tradition that unites our newest federal holiday, Juneteenth, with our oldest federal holiday, July 4th. It's co-created by young people in the nation's history institutions. Civic season is just really a time to grapple with our nation's promises and our practices in reality. And history is really the key here. Civic season is all about using the knowledge of our past to power our future. This movement is led by a group of over 150 history institutions and historic sites called Made by Us. A little bit of background about Made by Us. It was the brainchild of some of our nation's leading history institutions like the Atlanta History Center right here, the Smithsonian's National Museum of American History, the National Archives Foundation, the First Americans Museum, and more. I'm the community engagement manager with Made by Us, so I do a lot of work with social media and digital engagement, building our online community, that kind of thing. And Civic Season is our biggest nationwide program, and everyone's invited. Basically, you can sit with us. I really love what you just said because we really do need to bridge the gap between Juneteenth and July 4th. Like I'm someone who probably in 2020, actually, I like I don't identify with the American flag. Like I'm not feeling it. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up K through 12, I've always done the Pledge of Allegiance. And like growing up, it's like, what are we doing this for? Because I don't see my freedom, you know, not only for me, but people who look like me, black young women like we it just feels like we always get the short end of the stick and so with you guys leading this initiative of civic season Mm -hmm. like that's that's so new and it's really interesting how did you guys like even come up with the idea of let's bridge the gap between juneteenth is in june and july 4th that is supposed to be celebrating the freedom of all and juneteenth is celebrating the freedom of slave the last freed slaves Yeah. So I think, you know, just to say that your feelings about July 4th are totally valid. And we hear that a lot with young people, especially, um, you know, last year with a lot of the Supreme Court decisions that came out. That was a sentiment that was just like everywhere on Twitter, for example, that people were saying, you know, July 4th is canceled and we want nothing to do with it. But, you know, what civic season is intended to do is to say, look, you know, we can have pride in our nation and be patriotic like that's kind of a you know there's there's some mixed feelings about that word nowadays but really the only way that we're going to be able to improve our country is to look back at those initial ideals that we had you know when the country was created and it's no secret that we have not lived up to those ideals Um, so civic season by returning to the past and looking at 
all of the different people who made change and sort of looking to that for inspiration. I think that it helps us to see July 4th in the context of our wider history, rather than just saying like, oh, this is just a day for fireworks and hot dogs. You know, certainly it is that too. But I think a lot of young people are looking for more depth from that holiday. And by linking it with Juneteenth, it is sort of our, you know, promises represented by July 4th. And, you know, Juneteenth obviously is a very celebratory event, but it's also representative of the practices that we've lived out in this country. So civic season is a time to grapple with that. And I think, you know, when I first heard the idea of civic season launched in 2021, I thought, you know, this is exactly what we need. This makes perfect sense because we need to be able to bridge the the gap between those two things. And leading into voting season in the fall, you know, it's just a time for us to come together, look at our history and go from there. Okay. So civic season is about Juneteenth to July 4th. We should be celebrating that entire time and pay it to like civic engagement. We have a role in the community, not just it being Juneteenth, but like moving forward, like beyond these holidays, Mm -hmm. we have to be engaged. And civic season is a moment that we have to celebrate and, and embrace because it's, it's literally bridging the gap. It's important to highlight that this civic season time is to get young people civically engaged because you're not going to make any progress and you're not going to change things for the better if you're not getting engaged in your communities mm-hmm. and learning about histories that aren't necessarily yours or what you're taught. You know, one thing with Civic Season 2 and the history that we have on the website from all of these diverse institutions is it's about broadening the narrative. So it's not just this July 4th story of 1776 and the Founding Fathers. You know, it's bringing in people that you may not have heard of. And we'll get into the the histories of some of those people throughout the podcast. But, you know, that's one thing that's been so inspiring to me just about working with Made by Us is I was definitely one of those young people who felt very disillusioned with everything in the United States. You know, one thing we try to say when we're talking to all these institutions is sort of giving a rundown of what things have been like for Gen Z in America. You know, most of us don't remember 9-11. We were young kids during the first Great Recession. Our college years were taken up by COVID. A lot of us graduated into the workforce during a recession. We grew up with climate disasters and school shootings and all of these things. But Despite all of that, the resources that these museums have is something that can really help young people today. And, you know, for me, working with Made by Us and just being on the ground with this type of work has made me feel better about the future of America because you see so many people who are working to make it better. And, you know, getting involved civically when there are many different ways to do that, you know, you don't have to be a person who's protesting on the streets necessarily. There are all types of ways that you can serve your community. Yeah, that can take a lot of forms. You know, it could be checking out a museum, showing a new perspective on on the history that you may or may not be taught. It could be getting together with friends and family for uh, deeper conversations about what's going on around us and volunteering in your community, much like Maggie's involved with uh, the New Georgia Project. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing we really try to emphasize with civic season is that there are so many different ways to make a difference. You know, civics can kind of be a nebulous word, but really it's all about being an informed and active citizen. A lot of people today think that active citizenship is just about voting, but we really see it as voting 
And what else can you do? Not just, you know, voting, period, I'm done. That's all I need to do to be involved. Yeah, and sometimes, like, knowing where to start can be a challenge, right? And that's why one key part of civic season is the civic superpower quiz. Democracy is built by many hands, and all of us have different strengths to bring to the table. So taking the civic season superpower quiz can really help you unlock your full civic potential. Let's take a minute and explain what the Civic Season Superpower Quiz is all about. So if you look at any movement in U.S. history, you will see many people contributing in all kinds of ways. We've broken four of those important roles down, the nurturer, defender, connector, and amplifier. This quiz asks questions about who you are and how you show up and maps your personality to one of these skills and gives examples of historical figures who led or contributed by being nurturers, defenders, connectors, or amplifiers. We'll be talking a lot about our civic superpowers on this podcast, so take a minute and take the quiz. Seriously, it literally takes one minute. So, Gabriel and Cameron, I want to know, when you guys took the quiz... What is your civic superpowers? So I am an amplifier. Uh-oh. Oh. (laughs) And that means that my main skill that I bring to the table is kind of spreading the word and helping to translate complex ideas so that people can understand them, which makes sense because I'm a writer. So I'm glad that was my result because, you know, that makes sense. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and I and I got nurturer. I think uh, as a little introvert boy that I am, uh, I think my strength is in supporting those around me and providing you know wherever that can be, whether that be with information or there's just emotional or, or physical support in any way. What about you, Maggie? Oh my gosh, I am a defender. Oh. <laughs> I kind of relate to you. I hate that I was just matched with one. I mean, they actually right. give you percentages of yeah. each one, yeah. which is pretty cool. I don't remember my top three, but it's like every person relates to each identity from the quiz. Mm-hmm. And they tell you from the questionnaire, which is so cool. But I think being a defender, I just, again, I have this energy where it's like, I see what you're doing, Mm -hmm, and I'm going to make sure that I amplify the problem. I'm going to make sure that when I'm knocking on doors and phone banking and volunteering that I nurture the people that I'm talking to because we're literally in a time where it's like if we don't see what's going on, we're going to be left behind. Mm -hmm. And when we're left behind, other people are going to make decisions for us. Mm -hmm. It takes people like you who are brazen about values to stand up and say, hey, enough is enough. You know, now's the time to make change and be uh, equitable for all of us. You know, the good thing about the Civic Superpower Quiz, too, just what you were saying, Maggie, is they're all skills. So you don't have to just be a defender. You know, like you said, you nurture in other situations, too. So you get your number one. That's sort of your natural strength. But all of the historical figures that we've sort of matched with each of these personality types probably exemplified all of them. But, you know, they had a leading strength. So you can work on your nurturer skills. You know, you can get Gabe out in these streets, you know, protesting, even though he's a an introvert. And same thing. I'll you give know, everybody we can all some learn bottles of water. Yeah, there you go. There, there we go. go. We'll get you out of jail. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
But also, like, for the listeners, like, it's important for you guys to tap in with this superpower quiz as well. Like, you guys should understand your power in this space. Civic season is for you guys. And so I definitely want to encourage you guys to take the superpower quiz and continue to listen to this podcast, right? There's a link in the show notes to the Civic Season Superpower Quiz. Please, please, please feel free to pause. And take that quiz because it's important to understand like how you can and just naturally can like support and show up for the community. And, you know, you can't resist a personality quiz. I mean, if it's on BuzzFeed, if it's your Myers-Briggs, just add your civic superpower to the list. When you get your result, keep listening to learn how you can share your superpower with us and be a part of a future Democracy Vibe Check episode. All right. We're going to take a quick break. After we get back, we explore the National Center for Civil and Human Rights. Welcome back. Welcome back to Democracy Vibe Check, a civic season podcast. I am Maggie Bell here with my co-host, Gabriel Cruz and Cameron Katz. We're recording this show in Atlanta, which is also home of the National Center for Civil and Human Rights. Um, We're so lucky enough to be able to visit in person for some civic-minded engagement. I also want to point out how fun and useful it can be to keep your civic superpower in mind whenever you're at a museum, learning about history, or getting involved in your community. For example, at the Center for Civil and Human Rights, as you learn about the struggle for rights in the U.S. and abroad, you can imagine the role you might have played at pivotal points in history and find inspiration on how you can use your superpower today or in the future. Yeah, and it turns out, you know, even those who don't live in the city of Atlanta are in luck because they have a mobile app that lets you take a tour of the center, explore the past, present and future of civil and human rights. Links to both the Android and Apple versions of those apps are in the show notes if you want to download it. Uh, Did you two have a chance to check it out or visit in person? Yeah, I checked it out. You know, uh, a lot of the exhibits have a very nice audio portion that explains a lot of the context behind um, what they're showing in the center. Did any particular exhibition uh, stand out to you? Yeah, so I actually visited in person a couple months ago, and they're very, I think this experience is pretty well known, but they have a sort of sit-in immersive experience that replicates what the sit-ins were like during the civil rights movement. You know, you line up and you sit down at a mock bar stool and like at one of these lunch counters and you put your hands, you know, on the table like you would if you were at the sit-in and you put on um, noise canceling headphones and someone's sort of in your ear telling you, you know, you're going to be fine. We do sit-ins like this all the time. You'll get through it. How you doing? This your first time, right? So far, so good. Nice and calm. You'll be all right. Just stay calm. And then it sort of launches into what that experience was like. And there's a timer that's, like, creeping up in front of you. And it was so powerful and impactful for me because if you close your eyes, 
it really feels like you're there and people are shouting at you and telling you to get up and are calling you all of these names. You know, it's one thing to look at the photographs and the newspaper articles and to see, you know, the injuries and the violence that was happening at that time, but to actually hear it. And, you know, I'm sure the version that they have at the center is a a more sanitized version of what was actually being said to students and black protesters who were carrying out these sit-ins in real life. But it was a very, very impactful experience and really shaped the way that I viewed the rest of the exhibition going forward. Yeah, I actually visited at a young age. Going through that simulation that you're you're explaining, that was probably like the first moment that opened my eyes to, oh, wow, like this is in my ear. You know, Mm -hmm. like putting myself in their position, you have to be strong. And like even reading about the trainings that they went through because, Mm -hmm. you know, you have they had to go through that like one on one with themselves to prepare for that moment, for hate to be spewed at them, for them to be dragged out of their chairs just for wanting to eat. The movement is so powerful because we often do forget the the generation or the people that stood up and went through and experienced all of this hate while fighting for their rights. I think that there is so much beauty and power in black people saying, you know what, we're going to practice to do this sit-in. We're going to practice because we know exactly what they're going to say when we sit at this counter that says whites only and we are black. Mm. There's so much power and determination and motivation, but also anxiety, Mm -hmm. nervousness. Think about that preparation. I think what you say is is really impactful because I think that's the point of the whole of the Center for Civil and Human Rights, right? It's to let young people know that, hey, this fight, um, while it may seem like you're going to lose it, it it has been fought before. Mm -hmm. And people Mm -hmm. were dealing with some really uh, uh, horrible stuff back then. So if they could get through it, and you, uh, you can too. And it so often is young people who are leading these types of movements, right, and keeping the movement sustainable. You know, one thing about the sit-in that was so powerful to me is I was sitting there for, it was a minute and 30 seconds. That's how long the simulation is. And just in that short period of time, you have to really reckon with how much perseverance is required for that type of movement to sit there and listen to that you know, type of language is wouldn't be easy for anyone, but especially when, you know, you're living in a society where you're considered a second class citizen. I remember after I did the simulation, one of the volunteers was like, what did you think? And I was just like, uh, like, I, I didn't know what to say because I was so moved by it and just, you know, didn't even know how to put the experience into words. It's very powerful. I definitely agree that if we could get through that and see some wins then what we are experiencing now, we can get through that and see wins. But I love how united our community was. Like, it wasn't just black people. Mm -hmm. Like, we had congregations, churches, white people just come together and say, this policy, Jim Crow, this phase that we are in, racism is wrong. And you need to see that. And I'm going to stand with you. And we see that today, Mm -hmm. right? There is a value, though, of us coming together. Like, it can't just be me. It can't just be Cameron. It cannot just be Gabriel. 
we all have to unite and understand what is going on and take those necessary steps to get active and take action. There was so much strategy that happened in the 60s. We have to do that now. Well, and the thing, too, that I think brings civic season into this is that the fight for civil rights, you know, any type of movement like that in our history is coming from a place of love for the United States and the belief that it can be better. If we do not get meaningful legislation out of this Congress, the time will come when we will not confine our march into Washington. We will march through the South, through the streets of Jackson, through the streets of Danville, through the streets of Cambridge, through the streets of Birmingham. But we will march with the spirit of love and with the spirit of dignity that we have shown here today. One thing about civic season is sort of trying to grapple with, you know, what we think we could be versus what we are. All of those movements, you know, the people who were fighting for women's suffrage, um, to end enslavement, to have civil rights, you know, gay liberation, all of these movements that we've seen throughout history. It's people fighting for um, America that they feel better represents them and the ideals that they want to bring to the table. So that's kind of what Civic Season is all about, is looking to our past, looking to those moments that are inspiring, no matter what side of the aisle that you're on, and taking that history as a motivator to say, okay, we're better together. We work better when we're united and are going towards, okay, we all want to live in a better place. And rather than just sort of throwing up your hands and saying, well, there's nothing I can do when they're there is a lot you can do in your local community because, you know, with the example of the civil rights movement, so much of that was driven by local communities. And that's, you know, one thing we see here in Atlanta, just being a hub for that movement. But it was happening in little towns in Alabama. It was happening in Louisiana and the Carolinas and all of these places. It was dependent on those networks of local leaders and local communities to make that change. So if you're interested in checking out that sit-in interactive experience that we were talking about, the National Center for Civil and Human Rights actually has it available on their website. Every episode of Democracy Vibe Check features voices connected to civic season from across the country, experts, community leaders, and even you. In this episode, we're starting with the civil rights movement of the 1950s and 60s as a place to explore civic superpowers. Here's Nicole Moore to tell us about the National Center for Civil and Human Rights and her own superpower. Hey, everybody. My name is Nicole Moore, and I'm the director of education at the National Center for Civil and Human Rights here in Atlanta. I want to tell you a little bit about the center and also civic season and what my superpower is. So my civic superpower is that of nurturer. And that means that I'm crucial for sustaining the marathon of change. I need to know if people need to be fed. I got them. Does somebody need that cheering on? I am there. I know change can't happen without community. And so I am encouraging everyone to support those around them. The work that I do ensures everyone has what they need to keep building a better future. One of the nurturing superpower people that I look up to is everybody's favorite, Mr. Rogers. Who doesn't love Fred Rogers? How many of us have come home from school and taken off our shoes and gotten on the trolley to the land of make-believe? How many of us felt comforted by the words that he would give us? We can try to understand them and love them and help them to grow well and turn out 
to be glad we're the way we are and glad our friends are the way they are. And we can always try to remember that we're much more than one thing. That's what I like to do as a nurturer. I want to make sure people feel comfortable and understand that, especially when we're fighting for rights, not everybody was meant for the front lines, and that's okay. But there's always a role that we can play. So I'm the Director of Education at the National Center for Civil and Human Rights here in Atlanta, Georgia. So any school groups that are coming through the center, I want to make sure that they're having a great experience. And it's hard sometimes with our content to hope somebody has a great time because history is hard and it can make us uncomfortable sometimes. But it's important that, especially when students and young people come through the center, they understand that they may feel afraid today, but we've been here before we can get through it. And there's so many different icons and moments and events and things that can help inspire us, help bring us out of the, again, that so many of us are feeling. Now, I know for those that aren't in Atlanta, you're like, well, I need, I need some inspiration. I need to understand how can I feel that? How can I feel uplifted? Lucky for you, there's a couple of ways that you can connect with the center. One of them is our app. So you'll want to go ahead and start with the tour. That tour is going to take you through our three galleries. The first one is Rolls Down Like Water, the American Civil Rights Movement. And that's looking at civil rights from the 1950s through the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in 1968. I want to say tonight that I, too, am happy that I didn't sneeze because if I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been around here in 1960 when students all over the South started sitting in at lunch counters. And I knew that as they were sitting in, they were really standing up for the best in the American dream and taking the whole nation back to those great wells of democracy, which were dug deep by the founding fathers in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. If I had sneezed. We know that the long struggle for civil and human rights is still continuing. So just think of this as a moment in time. You will look at our mural. You'll get an overview of civil rights. You'll go through our galleries looking at how the movement caught fire, moments like the March on Washington, times where we stop and reflect. You'll think about on that day when Dr. King was assassinated, and you'll end wondering what you can do to create change knowing that there are so many people who have come before you cheering you on. Then you'll go to Spark of Conviction, our global human rights gallery. And here, this is where you'll understand what human rights are. You'll be able to see people who are like you and make connections with those you think you might not have anything in common with. You'll look at human rights in action Learn about those historic defenders and current day icons who are helping us. And I call everybody an icon doing great things, making changes. You'll also learn, though, about those historic offenders of human rights. And there are things that we can learn from them, too, like what not to do and how to further protect the human rights of others. You'll look at current issues. What are those human rights issues that are important to you that you may not even be aware about? And then you'll be able to see human rights in depth. What are our political freedoms across the globe? What are the things that we consume that might aid and abet in the violation of someone's human rights? Finally, 
you'll definitely want to go down all the way to our first floor where you'll see Voice to the Voiceless, the Morehouse College Martin Luther King Jr. collection. And in this room, this is a place where you'll be able to see some of the 13,000 documents, ephemera, and artifacts that belong to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. This collection is so special and it's so important. It's owned by Morehouse College, Dr. King's alma mater. It's housed and conserved at the Robert W. Woodruff Library at the Atlanta University Center. And you can see select pieces from that collection here at the National Center for Civil and Human Rights. You don't want to miss it. You'll be able to learn a little bit more about the collection, as well as our installation fragments in the app. But some folks ask us, how would you think of something like the lunch counter? Like, that's very intense. What kind of planning goes into that? One of the things that does go into the lunch counter experience and really any experience that talks about where we've been as a country in our history that some find uncomfortable, others find hard. And as for me, because I'm a historian, I just find it to be what it is, is ensuring that we think about the emotional safety of our visitors. We would never make anything that would intentionally harm you. We would never create an experience that was meant to scar you. What we do want to do is create experiences that allow you to think for a second, wow, that was rough. And then we want you to think, man, could I have done that? Would I have been brave enough to sit at a lunch counter? Would I have been brave enough to protest in the 60s knowing that there were fire hoses and dogs being put upon me? Would I have been brave enough to go out and march even when my parents didn't want me to. And for a lot of people, when they stop and when they really think about it and when they're really honest with themselves, they're like, man, I could not do it. I still can't do it. But that's okay because there's a role for everyone in movement making. There's a role for everyone in change. And we want people to feel inspired to find where they fit. So when we're thinking about creating exhibits like the lunch counter, we want you to understand the sacrifices that were made. But we also want you to think about where do you fit in? Where do you belong in this equation? There's room for everyone. We take great pains to make sure that people understand the truth of history by using primary source documents and artifacts. But we also take great pains to make sure that you understand that we are showing you these things and we're telling you these stories not to scare you, not to traumatize you, and not to cause you any harm, but to help you understand where we've been, the pain that has been caused, and how we must do better to ensure that never again isn't just a slogan, it's really the truth and that we will never allow these atrocities to happen again. We have countless meetings. We think about it from all angles. And at the end of the day, while we want to educate, you never want to sensationalize the trauma and the violence that has been afflicted upon others. But instead, with proper education, when we know better, we do better. When you get to the center, be prepared to be amazed. 
be prepared to be in your feelings a little bit. And that's okay. Be prepared to leave inspired. Go through. Think about it. Sit. Find moments to find relief. This history, while engaging, can at times, again, be a little difficult. And you need a moment to breathe. Make sure that you do that. But then make sure that you leave thinking about what you can do in your homes, in your communities, in your cities, in your states, and in your countries. We're happy to have you visit us no matter what that looks like. On behalf of the center, it's been a pleasure talking with you. We look forward to seeing you soon and having you visit the National Center for Civil and Human Rights. That was Nicole Moore, Director of Education for the National Center for Civil and Human Rights. The Center for Civil and Human Rights is one of the history institutions leading the charge this civic season, starting with the Slice of History kickoff party happening on June 17th. If you're in the Atlanta metro area, come down to the center for a Y2K-themed party, complete with free pizza, history you didn't get in school, and all kinds of civic season activities. Again, that's happening on June 17th at 6 p.m. In case you missed it, he said free pizza. And if you're not in Atlanta, there might be a slice of history party happening in a city near you. You can see a full list of the parties happening nationwide at theCivicSeason.com. And before we go, as Cameron mentioned earlier, we want to hear from you. We're planning a special episode for the end of the season that collects your stories so we can all share ideas and plans for how we're going to celebrate Civic Season. So to get in on the final episode, click on the Share with Civic Season link in the show notes to see all the ways that you can add your voice to the conversation. We want to know your civic superpower and how you're going to get involved this summer. I need you to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell his grandma to tell her best friend's cousin to share their story with us. We look forward to hearing all your pretty voices. All right. So how are we exploring our stories in the next episode? We'll be checking out what it means to be an amplifier. Shout out to Cameron, who is an amplifier. And share some of the tactics you can use to amplify messaging and campaigns. Can't wait. So... Can I ask all two more questions? Go for it. Let's do it. I want to know, what's one thing you learned about your superpower this episode? And what's one way you plan to use it in the next week? I think for me, I was surprised that all of us had different superpowers. I don't know why. I thought Maggie and I would have the same one because I feel like, you know, you're an activist. So you're out spreading the word and I'm doing it more, you know, on social media and everything. But I'm happy to hear that we all sort of are bringing different strengths to the table. And one way I am going to use my superpower next week is by hosting this podcast because we're amplifying Atlanta here at WABE. I feel like being a defender, I have a lot of passion and energy to contribute to the space. But I also want to tap more into being an amplifier and a nurturer. Just this whole episode makes me feel like I want to tap more into the other identities from the quiz, you know, and that'll probably make me a better organizer, a better advocate, and also like just share some of my passion, energy, and knowledge to other people so that they can identify how we are identifying in this space. So I would have never just said I was a defender (laughs) just off the bat. 
I would have just said I'm an organizer. I'm an mm-hmm. activist. <laughs> yeah, and that hits on, on the point that there's no one correct way to be civically engaged. Exactly. And with that being said, I think in the next week, I'm eager to learn more about amplifier, nurturer, connector. Because, again, I identify with all of these. Mm-hmm. But how can I indulge in these spaces? How can I be better? And so I'm looking forward to doing these next episodes with you guys, learning from y'all and sharing the message of civic season. So shout out to y'all, the fam. (laughs) All right, Gabe, your turn. This week, I I think I learned that being a nurturer is a very important role to play when uh, becoming civically engaged. It not only lets you have uh, a better insight into uh, the issues that are important to you, but also lets you think about how those might impact uh, others around you. One way I plan to use uh, my superpower this week, huh, you know, in the civic season quiz, we get historical figures that are associated to our superpowers. And I saw uh, the one that I related to a lot was uh, Pura Belpre, and she's a, a Puerto Rican librarian. Um, and I think in honor of her, I, I, I might go visit the library and see how I can get engaged with them. Slay, we love the library. <laughs> That's it for episode one. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Democracy Vibe Check is a co-production of Made by Us and WABE. Our producer is Kevin Rinker. Additional producing and editing from Scotty Crow with original music by Matt Owen. To get your civic season started, build your list of activities at theCivicSeason.com. And if you want to keep up with all things civic season, be sure to follow at History Made by Us on social media. Special thanks to Caroline Klibanoff, Kate Doak-Kessler, Nia Mosby, the 2023 Civic Season Design Fellows, Nicole Moore, and the Atlanta History Center. W-A-B-E.